Well, good morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. Father, we thank you for this moment that we get to come and just fellowship and open up your word, Lord God, and begin to learn from what the scripture says. Lord, let our ears be open to hear. Let our hearts be open to receive all that you have for us today in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I speak the word of God with utterance and boldness. I pray, Lord God, that the mysteries of the gospel be made known. And I thank you, Lord God, that not one of us will leave this place the same. We'll all leave changed in Jesus' name. And so thank you and praise you, Lord. Amen and amen. Go ahead and have a seat, if you would. Uh, boy, I tell you what, what a great night we had last night. Amen. And um, God's not finished. There's more, to, there's more in store. Amen. And uh, speaking of store, this morning, I, I, I want to, you, know, I, I, you know, being on the East Coast time, I, I started getting sleepy around about 7 o'clock um, every night. And, um, and then I, I wake up around 4.30 every morning. I was wide awake this morning, just began to pray and seek the Lord. And the Lord began to put some things in my heart that I want to share today. And so I believe we're going to take our time and, and we're just going to, you know, just teach the word today. Is that okay? And, um, and get ready to take plenty of notes. We're going to talk about reaching your potential by restoring your joy. Reaching your potential by restoring your joy. Everybody say joy. You know, I believe that this season that we have gone through, and I know that we've all um, experienced as we've talked about the, the pandemic, but I believe, as I shared with you last night, God's restoring some things. He's restoring some things in our life, and if you will tap into that, there are things in your life that God will restore. There are things in your life that God will uh, redo, rebuild in your life, and I believe it's important. We must focus on what God wants to do next. We've got to focus. Take this time where you, uh, this conference is what I love about this conference, is what I love about the, the, the title of the conference that, God, what's next? Why? What's next? Because God has moved us into a season of restoration, and it's important in that season of restoration, he's preparing us for what's next. For some, it's a season of healing. For some, it's a season of rebuilding. For some, it's a season of healing, and then for others, it's a season of rebuilding. God's restoring some things. If anybody, honestly, let's just be honest today. Has anybody um, lost some things in your life? Not necessarily physically, but emotionally. There's some things that have been lost, amen? There's, there's some things that have been lost. Well, God is restoring in the name of Jesus. He's restoring those things that have been lost. And so we got to put a name to it. we got to put a name to it, and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. But our job, why is it important for us to restore? Because our job as the church, as the body of Christ, is to experience restoration so that we can turn around and give others the opportunity for restoration. You see, the world cannot ever be, can't even restart or start or have God or be reborn or born again until the church get themselves back where they need to be. So our reason for restoration is so that we can turn around and give it away, give it back. Anybody know somebody that needs some restoration in their life? Amen. Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 49 and in verse 8, uh, verse eight it says, this is what the Lord says. 
In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to reassign it its desolate inheritance. And so God says, I'm going to restore the land and I'm going to reassign it some things. Amen. There's some reassignments going on in the name of Jesus. Now, what does restore mean? Remember, in order to reach our potential, we've got to have some joy. And in order to have joy, for some, you need to just restart it. And you can't give up on it. You ever had a car that the, the battery went down and you were, you were getting a, 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 a jump? You had the booster there. And I mean, you know, when you believe, you believe that this thing's going to start again. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You would not give up. You were just like the person that's actually giving you the boost, the person that's giving you the jump, they may be ready. It's like, no, 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 hold on. And you just be, you do everything you can. You push every button in the car. You, you know, you kicking that thing. And, you know, it's like, you're like, you're going to start in the name of Jesus. You ever spoke to your car before? Come on now. now I, I mean, I know you're driving nice cars now, but that was a day. That was the day our cars wouldn't start, and you'd be like, mm, mm. oh my gosh, this thing is flooded. But I tell you what, you're going to come, come on, baby, come on, baby. You be talking to it. Come on, sweetheart, come on, you can do this. You can do this. Because, you know, we have names for our car, so you calling the name out. You wouldn't let go. You're going to restart. Well, I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of people. For some, it's not going to start right away. You just got to be, mm, praise you. Oh, my God. I love you, Lord. God, praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, I believe that there's a restoration coming. Restore simply means to bring something back to a former position or a condition of peace. To bring something back. There's some things God's bringing back to you. Receive that right now. Declare that right now. I declare, Lord, that you bring back that peace I once had. Amen. I declare, Lord, you bring back that hope I once had. Bring back that love I once had. That worship I once had. Isaiah 61 says this in verse 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. I believe this is a scripture so relevant today that you've been anointed by God to do what you are called to do. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim the, the captives, to be released and the prisoners to be free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning. A joyous, hallelujah, thank, listen to that. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. The days of mourning are over for you. There's joyous blessings upon you in your life and upon you and your family. Glory to God. Amen. I love what this scripture says, that God will give a joyous blessing instead of mourning. I declare that right now. God says he will give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Throughout the Bible, ashes 
represented something. They were a symbol of pain. They were, a civil, uh, 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 they were symbols of problems and persecutions. And let's just be honest. We've had a lot of that in this world. There's been a lot of pain. There have been a lot of problems. There have been a lot of persecution. But God says, I'm going to replace those ashes. I'm going to give you beauty. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. Anybody want to get rid of the ashes in their life? Amen. Anybody want to get rid of the pain, the problems, the persecutions? God says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. And, 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 and beauty for ashes represents God's redemptive power. Beauty for ashes, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Culturally, ashes on the heads in the Bible you would see was very common when people were mourning. And they would put ashes on their head as a sign of mourning. And God is saying this morning, I'm giving you oil. Oil in the Bible is a joy when they would put oil on someone. It was a perfume. It was an ointment. It, was, it, was, uh, it, it represented uh, a peace. It represents a joyous occasion. So God says, I'm wiping away the ashes, and I'm anointing you with oil, and I'm bringing restoration in the lives of people. See, he is a God of restoration. He is a God of restoration. And what are the, some of the things that he's restoring? Well, right now for some, they need to restore their hope. Their hope. Everybody say hope. We must tie our hope like a rope back to God and believe that he will restore us and give us back. Matter of fact, I'm going to say it this way. I believe that your hope that God's going to, you tie your hope to God into faith and he's going to give you double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. For others, restoring your thinking. Your thinking needs to be restored. Your mindset for victory needs to be get back because nothing really changes until your thinking changes. Our thinking have gotten off. And so I'm believing for the restoration of your thinking. There's a restoration of power that others need. You've just lost power. You have no strength. I believe that God restores our power when we rediscover the place of the Holy Spirit in our life as we talked about last night. But where we want to focus the most of our time today is in joy. In joy. In the Hebrew, restore, the word is um, sub, or which uh, the word sub, actually S-U-B, uh, and it actually means to turn back or to return. So that's important to know that there's a restoration that God wants to do in our life. And there are many in this season that have had that distress and that grief and that loss. But God says, I'm going to restore. Say it again, I'm going to restore. David actually shared some things with us in Scripture. In Psalms 51, I want you to turn there if you have your Bibles. Psalms 51. You're not the first. You won't be the last that needs to restore your joy. And David told us this in, in this scripture. It's amazing. You know the word of God has an answer for every situation in our lives? No matter what happens, even though it's 2021, this was written 2,000 years ago, it, it applies to us now. And in Psalms 51, verse 8 through 12, it says, Oh, give me back my joy again. Everybody say that. Give me back my joy again. 
Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stains of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. You know, I honestly believe if you just prayed that scripture alone, if you just stopped and prayed that scripture until you begin to see manifestation in your life, you will begin to see the, the rest restoration of the Lord. Now, why is it that we need to restore our joy? Well, here's one reason. It is a satisfaction, uh, a joy is satisfaction in spite of the situation. Joy is satisfaction in spite of a situation. You ever seen somebody just like so happy all the time? It's like, that got to be fake. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? I'm praise the Lord, brother. Amen. Glory to God. I love people like that. I love people that no matter the situation, they're, they're constantly in that place. I made a decision years ago to never have a bad day. He said, how's that, how's that possible? I didn't say the days weren't bad. I said, I made a decision. I'm not going to have a bad day, no matter how bad the day may be. No matter how bad things happen to me. Some bad things happen. But, you know, I made a decision that, that I'm going to have joy. Why? Because joy is a satisfaction in spite of the situation. Joy is a peace in spite of a pandemic. How do you know you're operating in joy? There's this peace that you have when everything else is just going crazy. I got a peace. I don't know. I have a peace. I don't care. Listen, I don't care if we have a shortage on toilet paper. I got peace. <laughs> they didn't have toilet paper 2,000 years ago. Some kind of way, they made it. But people start panicking. See, you got to get away from the place of panic and get into a place of peace, praise God. Don't care how much gas costs. My God shall supply all my needs. That's what joy is. Joy doesn't mean, listen, Joy doesn't mean you fake it. We're not faking it when we say, hey, man, you know what? I don't care. I don't, I don't, I truly, I, I do care, but I'm not going to allow it to put me in a place of panic. Doesn't, it really, just because the person that you voted for didn't become president, guess what? God is still on the throne. Politics doesn't bring me joy. The power of God, the presence of God brings me joy. Hallelujah. I don't know who this is for today, but I believe you are here. Joy is important to have. You cannot reach your potential without it. You're not in your potential if you don't have joy. Don't tell me you acting like some, a certain way and you have joy. It's like, praise the Lord. I just love God. You love God today? Yeah, amen. I'm walking in my potential. Can you imagine if I, that's how I was speaking today? Good morning. So glad to be here. 
I know you, you, you're happy to be here too, looks like it. <laughs> We're reaching our potential today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, God. That's how some people are. That's really how they are. How's it going today? I don't know. Why don't you know? You should be the first to know. How's your day going? It's going good. Hallelujah. Let me show you how important joy is. Joy is so important. God, God, joy appears nearly 200, the word joy appears nearly 200 times in the Bible. God doesn't just put stuff in the Bible just to fill up space. That means it shows us how important and how valuable joy is in our life. We've got to have it. Whenever you need an example of how to live like something, the best example to do is to go to Jesus. He's the best example. And Jesus had a lot to deal with while he was here on earth. I mean, we think about what happened to him. He, he had sorrows. He was betrayed. He was lied on. He was beaten. He was spit on. All of the stuff that we know. And, of course, his life. He sacrificed his life. He was put on a cross. And Jesus said this in John chapter 15, verse 11. If he went through all of that, don't you worry about your situation. Rent's raising. and Can't find this and can't do that. And we used to be able to go here and can't do that anymore. And can't, don't listen. Don't, don't find yourself complaining and doing all this stuff because it'll, it'll just pull you away from joy. And Jesus, what he went through, if he went through what he went through and could say what he's saying here in John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Glory to God. Now, back in the day, back in, that's a powerful scripture. Uh, he says that my joy, so you're not walking and operating in your own joy. You've got the joy of the Lord on the inside of you. And he says that it may be full. Everybody say, Lord, fill my joy. Lord, say, Lord, fill me up with joy. Come on. Lord, fill me up with joy. Somebody need this today. Who needs this today? I need this today. Lord, fill me up with joy. I'm full. I'm full. You ever been so full? You're just like, it's a satisfaction when you're full. Come on now. Let's think about it. You just sit there and you be like, whoo. That was so good. Lord, my Lord, that was so good. Let's, just, let's go back to Thanksgiving, Christmas, or for some of you this morning. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, Lord, that was so good. You just sit and you just reminisce. You think about that taste. You, you, you ever th think about Thanksgiving and your favorite meal, you, when you know your, 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 your favorite meal is about to come or your favorite food that you're about to eat, you taste it before you even taste it. You start to, you start to live inside of it. You already know it's going to satisfy you. Guess what? The joy of the Lord is that way. We've got to understand it. He says that my joy remains in you. That taste of joy. That taste of the satisfaction of the joy of the Lord. God's filling you up right now in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the chef right now. And I believe he's going through here and he's giving you taste again. He's giving you a taste for joy, a taste for worship, a taste for the things that are so important. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, he mentioned in the book of Philippians alone 19 times about joy. Paul wrote this book now, I want you to understand something. He wrote the book of Philippians 
while he was in prison. And he wrote about joy in this book 19 times while he was in prison. So don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me you can't have joy because you're not going to fulfill your potential without it. Look what Paul said in Philippians 4 and 4. He says, always, everybody say always. Always be full of, of the joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. So Paul basically said, always be full of joy. And just in case you didn't hear me, I'll say it again. Rejoice. So if somebody come around you complaining, say, rejoice. But, but yeah, I get, but rejoice. But I, you, know, you don't know. I, I, you know what? I may not know, but rejoice. Rejoice. Get, you know, get, on your, get on your wife's nerves. Get on your husband's nerves. Get on your children's nerves by saying, listen, don't complain. Rejoice. Rejoice. Mom, but they didn't. I, I, I understand, babe, but listen, rejoice. You know, when that person pulls over in front of you or that person doesn't do what they're supposed to do on the road, you'd be like, what in the world? Rejoice. Amen. When you get that bill and you open up that, uh, the mailbox and you see that bill, you know, be like, oh, my gosh, it's a bill. Don't like the bill. Listen, this is the deal. I'm going to tell you something. Don't, don't open up. Oh, my gosh. No, no, open it up. <laughs> Rejoice. <laughs> Glory to God. Rejoice. And just in case you didn't hear me, um, again, I say, Rejoice. Am I making a point this morning? Here's why this is important, because people, they're not enjoying life, they're accepting life. They're accepting. They're accepting what's happening. Don't accept it. Enjoy it. That's why I love of Joyce Myers has a, her, her enjoy everyday life, is her ministry. And Joyce Myers said that give yourself permission to enjoy your life starting now. We're not going to think about 2020. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to give life to it, what happened yesterday. Enjoy life starting now. Everybody say, I'm going to enjoy life, enjoy life. Starting, now. starting now. Starting now. Starting now. Starting right now. Amen. Now, I want to talk about some things to help you understand how you got there. Because some people have lost their joy. And the reason why it's important to talk about why we lose our joy is so that we don't lose it again. And how is it that people lose their joy? Let me give it to you. We want to say it's the government. We want to say it's the, um, uh, the media. We want to say it's um, our spouse or this guy or this family member or this, this church or this whatever. It's easy to blame people. But let me, just, let me give you some simple reasons why people lose their joy. Are you ready? Get ready. Get ready. I'm about to bless you. I'm about to give you some revelation that's going to rock your world. You, I'm, I'm telling you. Here's why people lose their joy. Number one, people think themselves out of joy. People lose their joy. They think themselves out of it. They just doubt. That will never happen. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. I'm so afraid. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. You know, if you think about something long enough, you just literally become that. Joy is lost when we begin to think ourselves right out of it. We think ourselves out of joy. I don't think it will ever happen. Yeah, you are exactly right. Number two, people talk themselves out of joy. Complaining. Stop complaining. 
complaining has never fixed anything. If complaining, if complaining was, was uh, money, people, all of us would be millionaires, <laughs> billionaires. Some people be billionaires. Some people be trillionaires. Because the first thing that come out of their mouth is complaining. You call them on the phone, ooh, girl. Why is it always, ooh, girl? Ooh. You have some people, I'm telling you, I have some people, I love them, but I don't want to talk to them. I really don't, because all they do is just complain. He's complaining. You call him like, you know, you know my arm was hurting. No, I didn't know your arm was hurting. I, I didn't know until you just told me that your arm was hurting. Yeah, you know, my, you, you know I can't pay my electric bill. I didn't know that. Turn to the person next to you and say, how does he know so much about you? It's amazing. It's like he lives with you. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I'm having so much fun. So people talk themselves out of joy. Just some sing themselves right out of joy. They just sing. You know, they sing like they sing in the joy of the Lord, but there is nothing joyful about it. Remember that song? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. We have to have it. And then another thing that people do is they not only complain, but they compare. Comparison will move you right out of joy. Because, see, here's the thing. Everybody thinks, you know, oh, look what they got. Look what she's doing. Look what he's doing. I didn't get that. God went. Like, I've been believing you, God, for, I've been believing you for a husband for 10 years. She come right up in here. <laughs> with a cigarette in her mouth. And how'd she get married before me? I just, matter of fact, I prayed with her at the altar. <laughs> Comparing is just not good. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to other things. God has, there's a reason and a season for why you are where you are. And when you compare yourself, you pull yourself out of that place that God has for you. There's a reason God have you where you're at. Enjoy the season. Stop comparing. Looking over there, look at that. See, there's an old saying in Texas where I'm from. It says that uh, people think the grass is greener on the other side, but the, but the reality is they just can't see the crap from here. <laughs> you think it's all green over there until you go over and you be like, oh, my gosh, oh, Lord. It's crap everywhere. There are young people that's like, oh, I wish, there's some young people like, I wish they were my parents. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You think you think you want them as your parents. You have no idea. I wish that was my husband. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. You wish. You think you know. Listen, you better stay right where you are. Listen, deal with the crap you got right now because that's crappier. I promise you. This is good preaching, isn't it? This is good preaching. People take themselves out of joy. How do they do that? By, by putting themselves in environments that are just not good for you. 
Don't, don't just go to things just because you were invited. I'm sorry, I'm not going everywhere. I'm not going to put myself in any situation, in any environment. Why? My joy is too important. I'm not going to put myself in negative situations where every time you, they take themselves there. No, don't take yourself away from it. And one of the reasons we lose our joy is we just allow ourselves to be put in situations. We take ourselves right out of the presence of God and put ourselves in problems of the world. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Isn't that powerful? When trouble comes your way, notice what he said. Trouble's coming. Don't, don't believe the hype that being a Christian, all of a sudden, I'm just going to live my life for God. No problem's going to happen. There's going to be no, no challenges. Yes, there's going to be trouble. But he says, when trouble comes your way, meaning when trouble comes to you, it's coming. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh my gosh, I receive that right now in the name of Jesus. Here's another way of saying it. Stop giving the world the power and influence over your joy. Stop giving the world that, that, that kind of permission. Stop giving the world the influence. You don't have world, I tell you right now. Devil, I tell you right now, you do not have power over my joy. I, I clone something for myself, and it's something that I, I do on a regular basis. I call it nothing days. And being a pastor, people have no idea. It's a calling. I love it. It's incredible. It's fruitful. I enjoy it. I've been doing it for over almost 40 years. But I'm going to be honest with you. There are times it's incredibly overwhelming. There are times when it's just, it wears you out emotionally. And, and there are sometimes people that are in ministry, we feel like we have to keep doing it, keep doing it, or we're not doing it, meaning we're not doing the call. But you have to stop and rest. You have to stop and have some me time. And to the, to, the, to the young ministers here, I'm just, I'm just telling you, balance is everything. Having balance and going, 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 going. It, it'll, it'll eventually catch up with you if you don't have that balance. And so I've learned over the years, I have what I call nothing days. Here's what that means. I'm not doing nothing today. <laughs> I, I'm so serious. I'm like... I'm I like, I don't apologize for it. I, I get, I'm a, a matter of fact, I'm thinking about my next nothing day. <laughs> my wife will ask me, what are you doing today? Nothing. <laughs> Here's what I mean. I can do whatever I want to do. You know, because we have schedules and we have all of these stuff. I got to do this. I got to meet. I got to pray. I got to do all that. I mean, this week for me is so busy. I mean, it's a busy week. I made some adjustments to get here, as you heard last night. And I'm leaving on the red eye tonight, flying all the way back to New York. I'm preaching tomorrow. And then Sunday, I'm officiating a wedding. I mean, man, I'm telling you, that's a lot. And, and so next week, I'm having a nothing day. Because that, that helps me with my joy. It helps me with joy. It helps me understand that, listen, there's some things I'm just going to, today I'm, I'm not, I may watch four episodes of something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say nothing days. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. You can't have nothing days if you haven't done some something days. Somebody like, oh, yeah, I'm going to adopt that. Praise God. I receive, I receive that. No, you got to do something first before you can do nothing. I have earned this. You young married men, you know, listen, you can't be, your nothing day can't be a whole day of video games when you haven't been doing nothing, nothing else. Amen. That's the way I was, in my church when we was growing up, there was a man in my church, an older gentleman, every time pastor said something, no matter what he said, he just said, Amen. When he was upset with what the pastor said, when he agreed with what the pastor said, he's the same way. Amen. So God is just saying today to you, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't this good this morning? Aren't you glad God brought you here? Here's why this is so important. Life is too short to walk around mad, sad, miserable, and scared. The, old, the song Eminem has, you, 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 got, you got one shot. You got one life. This is it. Let's enjoy it. And let's allow ourselves to have joy in it. Interesting stats I found. Check this out. This will bless you. This will bless you. Interesting. According to research, the average person will spend and will live 25,915 days. That's on an average of uh, 71 years. On an average. Some people are way past that. Amen. And most of us will live past that. Um, you'll spend 1,765 days socializing with friends and family. You will spend 7,000 hours, 7,709 days of your life sitting down. You got one life. So think about what you're doing with this life. Are you, are you spending this life you know, with joy, but you're going to spend on an average of 7,000 days sitting down. Three months of your life is sitting on a toilet. <laughs> Three months of your life will be sitting on a toilet. 10,655 days you will spend on an average looking at technology, looking at your phone, looking at the computer. This one just blew me away. You'll spend 117 days of your life having sex. I'm like, is that all? <laughs> Talking about doing something, I gotta, pull, I gotta take that one up, amen. Got all the married people. Listen, this is the thing, people get so afraid when you start talking about sex in church. I'm telling you, praise God, I'm believing for some something days, more something of that day, praise the Lord. Glory to God. You'll spend 12,000 days, 12,045 days in bed. On an average, 26 years of your life will be spent sleeping. You'll spend seven years trying to go to sleep. We've got to enjoy this life we have because no one knows the day or the time 
And I've made a decision I'm going to live this life full of what God's word says and, and, and live this life full of joy. I'm not going to allow the circumstances of this world to pull me down. Now, let me wrap this up and give you just some, a couple of scriptures here and give you some very b basic practical principles. Have you enjoyed this this morning? Has this been good? The Israelites, we know their story, but the Israelites have been in captivity for over 70 years. They got permission to go home to the promised land. And when they did, uh, this is where Nehemiah was there diligently working and restoring the walls of Jerusalem. When they arrived, the prophet Ezra, he was there. He gathered all the people together, and he began to, to, to declare some things to them. I want you to hear this. Ezra began to read the law of the Lord out loud to the people, as they, and they began to grieve. They began to complain. They began to cry. They, when they got there, why? Because they saw the destruction of the city, and they knew that the city was more beautiful than this, and they get there, and they're like, oh my gosh, look what has happened. Doesn't that remind you of what has happened in our world? Oh my Lord, look what has happened. Look what's going on. But Ezra told the people to stop crying. Why? He says it's not helpful. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 8, I want to read this to you because it's important to read, because it applies to what we're talking about this morning that if we're going to reach our potential, we must restore our joy. And in verse 9 of, of Nehemiah chapter 8, he says, Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest of the scribe and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with the feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share the gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. And this is a sacred day before our Lord. And look what he said. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's the word of the Lord today. Don't be dejected. Don't be sad. Why? For the joy of the Lord is is your strength. Verse 11, and the Levites too quiet the people telling them, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So I'm saying this to you today by the, by the Spirit of the Lord. Hush, stop weeping. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Hush, hush. Tell your mind, hush, hush, stop it. It's amazing. In the name of Jesus, hush, take control over your thinking. There's, there's a lady here now, I don't know who you are, by the spirit of the Lord, the Lord is telling me, you can't even go to sleep at night. You're just laying in the bed and your mind is just going like this. It's just going, 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 going. You're thinking about everything. You got everything on your mind. Hush, in Jesus' name, peace over your mind, peace over your thinking. You're going to have the most peaceful night of rest that you have had in years. In Jesus' name. You've been worried about the things. Worrying doesn't fix it. Worrying doesn't pay it. Worrying doesn't change it. Peace. Hush. That's what the Lord is saying. In verse 12, so the people went away to eat and drink, to share the gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood it. The scripture we've heard so many times in the church, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't you know that if the joy is where we get our strength, 
Where do you think the devil is going to attack you the most? If the joy of the Lord is our strength to fulfill our potential, where is he going to come the most? He's coming at our joy. And joy doesn't start or stop at Christmas. Joy doesn't stop, you know, people get so joyful, boy, when they see that Amazon box. That's not where joy starts or stops. I'm telling you, God's restoring the joy in our lives. And I'm going to say this. Joy and happiness are two different things. See, when we talk about joy, we immediately think about happiness. No. Happiness and joy are two different things. Let me share with you what I mean by that. Happiness is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or something good happening. Amazon. Birthday cards. You know, gifts. It makes me happy. We have to understand the enemy doesn't want, he doesn't want our things. He wants our joy. And he will constantly keep pumping things our way to try to make us happy. He'll try to make us happy as long as you're happy. But happy is temporary. Joy is eternal. Here's the difference. We're going to take what I call the happy, happy, joy, joy test today. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Let me show you the difference, what happiness is and, the, and what joy is. Happy is this. I'm in joy. Boy, I tell you. Now, some people don't like the I'm in joy of the nuts, but... You know, they named this, they named this candy bar appropriately. And if you like it, it makes you happy. But we all know where that happiness goes. It's temporary, right? They made it to the point where even though it started off with just two of them, they were like, listen, you need more happiness, we're going to double it up for you. Talking about double for your trouble? <laughs> But this is what happiness is, really. The things that we think we, people are after happiness. And it's temporary. It gives you joy for the moment. It gives you that temporary feeling of emotion. But it's not fruitful. It's not eternal. It doesn't, it's not the best for you. Joy is this. That's why the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit in our lives. We got to have it because why? Even though this is still sweet and it's still good and it makes some people happy, in the long run, it's the best for us. Way better for us than what makes us happy. And so what we got to look through our lives is to find the almond joys that we're living by. Our cars, our clothes, our, our, our you know, the, 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 the things, the popularity, the titles. All those things may be good, but they're almond joys. God's saying you need some fruit in your life. Something good for you. Something that's going to keep you around for a while. Something that's going to have substance to your life. And here's how that happens in Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. 
We've got to declare these things over our lives right now. God, I want the fruit of love. And Lord, I need the fruit of goodness. That's where joy comes from. I need the fruit of faithfulness. We need, the, we need these fruits in the church again. We need the people to be faithful and gentle again. And people to have peace and patience and to be kind again. Hallelujah. Here's the deal. Happiness is what happens to you. Joy is what happens in you. Happiness is dictated by facts and feelings. Joy is defined by truth and thankfulness. Happiness is dictated by facts, by the feelings, how it makes me feel. But joy, oh my gosh, is defined by truth and thankfulness. We got to be thankful. If you were to fill in this blank, what would you say? My life would be happy or happier and different if I had this. What would that blank be in your life? I need different. No, you don't need a different job. Some people say, if I, if I lived in a different city, no, no. If I, if I, if I had a different spouse, no. If my parents were different, no. How, listen, we've got to do what the Word of God says. And if we want to do, we need fruit in our lives. Can I tell you what God's will is for your life? You ever asked, you ever wondered, what is God's will for my life? Let me give it to you right now. You don't know me. I don't. I don't. But I'm going to tell you what every single person's, every single one of us, everyone listening, everyone, everyone here presently, here's God's will for your life. The will of God for your life is the last thing God told you. And if God hasn't changed that, that is still his will for your life. That's so important to know. So I'm not looking for something different. I'm not changing until God, God releases me, until God tells me this is his will for my life. He didn't release me, therefore that's his will. And that's where my joy is. It's going to be. It's in his will, not in my wants, but in his will, not in what I wish for, but in his will. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand on your feet this morning? Hallelujah. I, I'm telling you what, I've preached myself so happy right now. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just so happy, praise God. I'm happy. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I think the same way that we lose our joy is the same way we restore our joy. We think ourselves into joy. We talk ourselves into joy. We take ourselves into joy. And so let's just do that this morning. Let's just raise our hands and begin to think, our, let's think about the joyful things. Be thankful this morning. Talk yourself into it right now. Begin to talk about how good God is. In the natural, it may not feel like it, but I'm telling you right now, talk about it. Father, I thank you right now. God, I thank you. Lord, I'm talking about your joy in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my finances. I talk about how good you are. God, I'm talking about how you saved my life, how you blessed my life, how you put food on my table, how you blessed me with so many incredible things for my children. 
for my church and for my pastor. Father, I thank you. I talk about it right now. I take myself, Lord God, out of negative situations. I'm not going to think about what's on the news or some reality show. Lord, I settle right now. I take myself into your joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love something that Pastor Rick Warren said. He said that joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. I'm so grateful as I think about the details. There was a time I thought I had to have a certain kind of car, had to have these kinds of rims, had to had this symbol on it and all that kind of stuff. I remember those days. Man, I'm going to have this. I used to have pictures of those certain cars on my wall. And it was good because it got my faith to a place outside of where I was in a poverty mentality. And somebody asked me all this, uh, the other day, a um, person asked me, hey, what's your favorite kind of car? You know what I told them? My favorite car is paid for. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Because I, I just, I believe that we need to simplify our lives. The reason why so many people have lost so much joy, they've overcomplicated their lives. We got so much stuff, so many things, so many goals that the world has set for us, and we're attaching our lives to it, and we allow ourselves to be controlled by all this stuff. I, I like things. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, no, my wife will tell you I'm probably so complicated when it comes to this, I, 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 but I believe God for this life. But I have balanced in it now. There was a time I, I didn't have anything. I didn't know what was going on. There was a time I used to go, I couldn't afford to go to the regular movie theater. We went to the dollar theater. Anybody remember those days? And there's nothing wrong with that, if that's your thing. But I remember that's, what I, that's the only thing I could do. And so I started believing God, God, that when I get old enough, I'm believing I'll be able to pay for whatever movie I want to go to. I won't have to settle for it. Four months later, everybody talking about the movie. I'm going to stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I haven't seen it yet. It's not at the Dollar Theater yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, God has a better life for us. Amen? You can see it on the day it comes out. But listen, don't, don't just go doing that and just thinking that that's life. There's balance to it. Amen. Praise God. I believe God. He meets all my needs. Simplify life. There be some things you got to get rid of. Me and my wife just recently sold our home and, 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 and we moved. And here's what I realized. We've been in the house that we were in for nine years. There was, there was stuff that was in our house in the same place we put it nine years ago. And there's some things in our life we're so attached to. I'm, I don't know who this is for. I'm telling you, but we're talking about potential, reaching our potential, right? The potential starts not in this incredible place and stage and like all of the things we think are like the big stuff. It starts in the small things. And there's some cleaning out you got to do. There's some clothes that we hold on to, shoes that we have. You know you're never going to wear them shoes again. Get rid of them. Somebody can be blessed by them shoes, them, those shirts and... Blenders. You got five blenders. 
How many blenders do you need? You got seven of everything. Who is this for? I don't even know why I'm saying this. But you got seven of everything. Every model that came out, you got it. No, 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 no. Don't get rid of that. And so we found ourselves like, you know what? I had a conversation with myself in my closet the other day. It's like, Lee, you can do this. Let it go. Let it go. Give it away. And some of them, I literally was doing it like this, like, oh, man. Man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. But it's going to be good for you. you. When you let that go, that's going to be an immediate joy that comes. There's going to be an immediate joy. God's not going to bless you with that old car until you clean up that new one. You got so much stuff in your car. This is how God works with me. I'm sorry, you know. I'm leaving tonight so you don't have to worry. I won't be here after tonight. But I'm coming back. I promise you. I'm coming back. Oh. Let me, let me let you know if this is you. If you have to apologize every time somebody get in your car, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm so sorry for that. I'm sorry. Let me move that out of the way. It's, these doggone kids. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You got to do that when people come to your house. Amen. Listen, kids. It's my room. Your parents are telling you to clean up your room. Clean up your room. It's not, I told my daughters, listen, it is not your room. It's my room. I let you stay here. It's my house. You want to be blessed one day, you better clean up your room. Pick up them shoes and the same shoes you feel like, I got to have them. I got to have them. You got them and they all everywhere. They're all over the place, everywhere. Dirty and stained and all that kind of stuff. Listen, take care of what God, you know, I'm talking about joy right now. This is joy. Be blessed. You are blessed. You know how blessed you are? Do you know you're one of the richest people in the world? And here's how I know. I've been around the world. I know how rich you are. You're rich. Standing up here, can worship the Lord in church on a Friday morning. Somebody had, somebody's still walking to work right now in another part of the world and going to probably be paid a dollar in what you consider a dollar and they have to take that dollar and stretch it and do something with it and look what God has blessed you with. You came here in air-conditioned cars. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Were you blessed by this today? Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord, for restoring our joy. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I don't know every situation you do. And Lord, I pray for anyone that is here right now and they feel a sense of shame and guilt and condemnation. Lord, we don't want that to be how they walk out of here. Let them have peace, Lord. Don't just let them hear it. I pray that they lean into what you've said today. Lord, you've gotten to our business. You've gotten to our stuff today. You expose some things, Lord God, and we know that you do it for a reason. And Father, I just pray that you restore the joy in the lives of the people who are hearing this message either live 
in person or pre-recorded or on demand. Lord, there is no distance in your anointing, and I thank you that we all know what it is we need to do in our lives. We know the people. We know the problems. We know the situations, the complaining. We know the crying that we've been doing. Father, we thank you that you restore in us and that we'll go and we'll begin to celebrate the goodness. And we'll go and take care of those things, Lord, whether it's our car, our home, our closets, our finances, our relationships, some things at our job that we've been complaining. We have a bad attitude, showing up late. All those things, Lord God, that we've got these habits in our lives that's keeping us from fulfilling our potential. Thank you, Lord, we make those adjustments so that we can fulfill and reach that potential and fulfill the purpose that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to share with you today.